Okay. And this is supposed to make my life easier. Oh, really? Yeah, sacrifice. Oh, I was just going to make a comment. Plastic glass, how cheesy. I mean, it's bad enough i got to put up with microphones. Wow. No chai. Anyway, good morning. The adventure continues. Praise the Lord. God help us today to hear His voice, because if we've just come to church, you're wasting about... Well, that depends on how long I preach. You're wasting a lot of time if we've come to hear man's words, come to hear something other than the eternal voice of the Father. And if you don't hear the voice of the Father today, I'd go somewhere else until we hear God's voice. See, if everything that is in our life isn't God, then we're just, of all men, most miserable. But if we understand that God has called us by His Son and by the Holy Spirit, then my life has to take on a whole different aspect, a whole different life. We're no longer living the old life. The Bible talks about in Colossians that we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness. We once lived our life as independent from God, doing our own thing. Our consciences were dull. We had no knowledge of God in our life. But when the Holy Spirit, the Gospel comes, my life then is transformed. I no longer am living the life of sin, a self-centered, independent life, but now the Son of God who's chosen to be revealed in us has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. And that conviction has to come. And conviction usually is uncomfortable. And this is what I think we fail to forget. And it's easy to go back to the life that we once lived. And it may not be so bad that, oh, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing bad things. Jesus didn't come because we did bad things. Jesus came because we are bad. No matter how I, I choose to manifest that, sin is independence from God. And in the beginning, when, God, when Adam and Eve were created, they seemed to know God in a very comfortable way. Nothing seemed to be uncomfortable for them. Nothing seemed stupid to them. Nothing seemed ridiculous. Nothing seemed out of the normal. So God would create Adam, and He puts him in the midst of this garden, and He he begins to tell him to do things. Take care of the garden, name the animals. And by the way, there's a tree in the middle of the garden. Don't eat of it. And you never hear any complaining about that. That's weird. Why would God do that? I don't see what the difference of the tree is. It seems to be a very comfortable relationship that God is speaking to him. And whatever God would say, that is the Word of God and that orders my life. But again, it's interesting because again, we, we tend to, as people who have fallen into sin, one of the great traps that we fall into is always wanting to try to come up. Most religions, again, you know, Far East religions and all kinds of things, is trying to make ourselves better so that we can eventually become, what's the word? Like? Yeah, who said that first? The devil! Oh, it sounds like such a good idea. I want to be like God. Hello, devil. So again, whenever we find ourselves in that trap, it would seem very natural because it's man trying to be like God. 
Not necessarily doing anything bad, just choosing our own path. But God has come into this world to really manifest His Son, to, for Him to be glorified. And the only way that He can do that is for us to be people. Wow, that's a bummer. How many people have been trying to get rid of that? But it's, He's chosen to hide, to have this treasure in earthen vessels. He's chosen the base things. He's chosen the weak things. He's chosen sinful man to glorify His name in. <clears throat> And in the beginning, we had Adam and Eve, they have a relationship with God that everything is on a comfortable level. There's nothing that seems too hard of a request, too simple of a request, too stupid of a request. But immediately when sin comes into our life, I don't know the right word for this, but conviction also then follows. See, there was no conviction before sin because there was nothing to be convicted of. So Adam and Eve weren't convicted about anything because they were walking in the light. And so what and again, you know, the, the very interesting thing is when God how would God speak to you? If God wanted you to do something, what would he want you to do? Just think about that. How many people want to be the pastor? Have a healing ministry? Have a mighty word of God. Do this, do that. Does anybody think like that? Come on, you can have some fun. Because Monday's coming, that'll all get washed away. But many times, and, and again, I think Naaman had the same problem. Naaman had leprosy. <clears throat> he heard about this prophet in Israel. So he goes to Naaman with all kinds of riches and goods and says, man, I'll pay you whatever it takes. I'll give you this. Just heal me. And Elijah, pretty haphazardly, I doesn't, he doesn't even talk to him, does he? He sends his servant says, so just go tell a man to wash in the Jordan River. And when Nehemiah hear, Naaman hears that, he gets mad. He says, what a ridiculous thing. We have better rivers in Babylon than this. And this guy doesn't even talk to me. <clears throat> and then his servant. Many times, God is going to speak to you and you won't even know it. It may take a donkey. Balaam. It may take a fellow servant. Someone who's dumber than you. Someone who doesn't know as much as you. And like I, I think Aaron was sharing on Wednesday, you know, to preach the uncomfortable gospel is not just for the one who's hearing it, but for the one who's sharing it. A servant at that time was a slave. If Naaman didn't like what this man said, he could have had him killed. Not, he didn't have to go to the Supreme Court. He didn't have to ask permission. There was no workman's comp. <clears throat> and so this servant says, man, Naaman, he was looking out for Naaman's good more than his own. He said, I don't care what happens to Naaman. I'm a slave. I'll let him die of leprosy. The guy's a jerk anyway. I want to go home. Let him die. Maybe I'll get a new master. He had all those thoughts. But when we put God's purpose above our own, our thoughts will be there. That's what the uncomfortable gospel is. We have to rise above that and do the word of God. So the, the servant says to Naaman, Naaman, if, God told, if, if this prophet told you some great thing to do, would you do it? Well, of course I would do it. See, again, we, we want to do something. Well, Adam, this is what I have in store for you. I mean, he just made the universe, Adam. I, I don't know what that would be like. I mean, 
wow. Well, this is pretty neat having the whole world. There's no jerks around. Wow, no highways, no cars. I don't have to build any stupid houses. You know, it's... it's. And then Eve shows up. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I mean, I, mean I, I don't know what was going on there. Man, this is neato. Hey, zebra. What would God speak to you now that you've been called? Well, whatever he speaks to you would be the eternal word of God. Would be God's purpose, Naaman. Adam, I have a great plan for you. I have, throughout all eternity, I look to this day, and in my wisdom and my counsel, I created this universe and I created this world and I placed you in the midst of it. Now, Adam, I have called you to glorify me and to walk with me. I have a great work for you to do. Father, what is that great work? I'm ready. I want you to take care of the garden. Now, there was no weeds at that time. There was no wild animals. What do you do to take care of the garden? But again, what you don't hear from Adam is, man, that's stupid. I don't see that. That happens after sin comes in. And what God wants to do is He wants to restore us to let this mind be in you that's also in Christ Jesus. So we understand that God has placed us now in His kingdom. His Son now lives in us. But it's no longer a... We, do no, we no longer know God in a comfortable way. How many people have been trying just to walk with God comfortably? Any hands here? How many people have failed? Been bitter at God because it hasn't been working out your way? That's right. It's not supposed to. In the beginning, we had a comfortable walk with God. Jesus says, if you want to be my friend, take my yoke upon you. That's not a comfortable relationship. It's one that's full of pressure. It's one that implies working. It's one that implies submission. It's one that implies a broken will to the Master. So here in the beginning, we had a comfortable relationship with God. But when we sinned, and then God speaks, it's no longer a comfortable word. It's an uncomfortable word. So that the same God, in the same manner He had been speaking with Adam, shows up. Conviction now is there. And for the first time, the relationship that Adam has with God is not a, is not a relationship of equal or of comfortableness or of pleasantness. It's one of fear. You know the story. And they heard the voice of the Lord. And what did they do? Oh. Wow. And immediately God begins to speak to them. And the same God, the same eternal word comes, but now they begin to judge it and tear it apart. And I think that's stupid. And I don't believe that. And besides, it's your fault. And Adam did. And Eve did. Before it was, yes, Father. Oh, you want me to take care of the garden? I'll take care of the garden. And now God, through His eternal purpose, has sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into this world that we could be redeemed, not just deemed. See, a lot of us think we are deemed. We are redeemed. Now, do you know what the word re means? 
Yeah, again, we're going back to a former state. God wants us to bring us back to a place to where we hear the eternal voice of God and we begin to do it. But because of the sin nature, it is an uncomfortable gospel. But God hasn't changed. He's still going to, when God speaks, He speaks an eternal command. Whether it's water the garden, take care of the garden, or Adam, where are you? It's the same God. Our response may be different, but it is no longer in the, in the natural, in the flesh. And if you haven't noticed, most of you still have a body. And most of you still have emotions. The Bible talks about that we're to keep our body under. We're to bring every thought into subjection. We're to walk by faith and not by sight. We have got this body that it seems to be, Paul talks about, I, I keep my body under, I'm battling this. And so, we need, we need to now live by the faith of the Son of God that even though I hear the voice of God and my natural reaction is one of fear, one of conviction. Man, we've got to hide ourselves. You know what we did? We're naked. And we, man, we just did that. That's there. But by the blood and the power of the resurrection of Christ, we can say, Abba, Father. And so sometimes I have to hold my soul or my flesh because it's... How many people have noticed that God does stupid things in your life? Anybody here like that? I don't see any show of hands. Okay, you're all blessed, dismissed. I'll just preach to myself. I need it. I need to be reminded that I'm no longer living my own life. And the uncomfortableness is God showing up. God no longer can show up into our life comfortably. When God shows up, almost all the time, people are dropping down dead. They thought they were dead. They were amazed they weren't killed. Their lives are changed. And so we need to understand and recognize the conviction of the Holy Spirit and realize we're the ones that are wrong. Many times we get convicted, but I just get angry. I think it's stupid. I just wanted a comfortable relationship. I blew that. Now my relationship with Jesus Christ is based on sacrifice. The ultimate sacrifice by Jesus Christ to redeem me. But there is a sacrifice on my part to where I need to lay my life down. I need to take up my cross. I need to bear my yoke. Because if not, we were singing that one song, Come Holy Spirit. I really like that song. It's just a, it's an emotional song. Anybody get emotional like that when they sing Come Holy But it's, again, we need to be careful. See, we're like saying, we're asking you to come, Holy Spirit. Come and you do your work. It's not the case. It's the Holy Spirit calling to us. Now, I know we can still sing it. But be aware, it's not like us, oh God, you've just got to move. We're down here waiting for you to do it. No. It's the Holy Spirit who's called us. We haven't called Him. And we're coming to the place to say, Lord, the only reason I can call on Him is because the Holy Spirit is convicting me to call on Him. Not like, oh come Lord Jesus, we're begging you to move. He's moving. We're running away. We're doing something else. And so we're called to lay down our life. But it's not in the the glorious messages. It's not in the great things. It's going to come in a still small voice. It's going to come in the very practical things that Jesus is meeting with you in the garden. He's going to ask you to do stupid things, Naaman, that are going to make no sense because you have sinned. 
and you no longer understand God or have a comfortable relationship, we have to use this thing called faith. And it flies in the face of everything that I see, feel, and believe. Have you ever heard like, well, I just believe it's right. Do you know you can be sincerely deceived? Just because, I've always believed this. Well, you've always been a dope too. I mean, just because you believe something doesn't make it right. I mean, and we get so noble. I just want to let you know I really believe this. I don't care. I, you know, I mean, I believe a lot of things. They're all wrong. The only thing that's of any truth and of any value is Jesus Christ and Him crucified and His purpose in my life. Peter was a very noble man. We don't eat that kind of stuff. God giving him a vision. God, again, here it is, thousands of years. God gives him a vision. The eternal Word of God comes to Peter. And he's convicted. He's uncomfortable. But I don't want to eat that. I, we don't. All kinds of crawly things like this coming out of the thing. And, and Peter, we've always believed. He's talking to God, you understand. Well, he gets the message. Whenever your first reaction is no, when it's going to cost you something, think again, Lopez. It may be God. Hallelujah. So, I want us to start to really start walking with the Lord in this new relationship of being uncomfortable and learning how to be comfortable with our uncomfortableness. See, Jesus... I read something. It was kind of an odd thing, but as I thought about it, I think it's true. See, Jesus did not have to come to this world to overcome. He is the Son of God. He is God Almighty. What He does not have to prove Himself. He does not have to become more righteous. He is God. But, I, you know, many times in the Bible it says, and the Son of Man, and the Son of Man, and the Son of Man. Ever read that? It bothers me. I don't know why it bothers me. I just don't know why it says that. Until I realized, in the days of His flesh, Jesus was tried. He's not tried as God. The Son of God, now we understand that Jesus and Jesus was all man, all divinity, all God Almighty, and at the same time, all flesh. In the days of His flesh, He cried out to God in fear, knowing that who could save Him. It wasn't the Son of God. Now hear this kind of, and, and try to discern this a little bit. Don't get too weird on it. It wasn't the Son of God who was being tried. It was the Son of Man. It was while God, Christ was in man. He, he had already overcome. He could have done nothing and been the Son of God. But He wouldn't have fulfilled God's purpose and He wouldn't have been able to redeem mankind. It was His flesh that was being buffeted. The Son of God was never hungry. The Son of God was never tempted. But it was this new creation just like we have been made a new creation that is tempted. The Son of God in you is already victorious. That is a sealed truth by the resurrection and the death of Jesus Christ. That's why we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. And no gates of hell, no demons, no things above or under the earth can ever separate us from the love of God because we're sealed and He is our Redeemer. You are saved if you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you've risen with Him. But now you are also a new creation. 
Old things are passed away. We used to just be dead. How many people lived a comfortable life when you were dead? See, Adam and Eve, after they sinned, they didn't go, oh my goodness, this is a bet. Until one day, maybe just a few hours, a few minutes, I don't know how long it was, God showed up. And when God showed up, what happened? Immediately they were uncomfortable. And what is your natural reaction when you get uncomfortable? It's not God. I'm leaving the church. I'm not doing what they say. Oh, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I don't think God's interested in that. Take care of the garden. That's what I want you to do. Oh, I hear God. When you feel uncomfortable, look around. It may be God. And for the light came into the world, and the world didn't understand it. Who is this man? Let's kill this man. This man is crazy. It can't be God. Uncomfortableness means there's a sacrifice that needs to be made. So now we have that new creation also in us. Old things are passed away. And just like Jesus, he was tempted as the Son of Man. As the Son of Man, he overcame and became the author of eternal salvation. Just like you, Christ is in you. And if you die today, if you're martyred today, whatever takes place, Christ has overcome. But in you, there is the Son of Man. That as you walk, divinity in you and the flesh walk together, it's the Son of Man that's being tried. Christ is is stable and for sure. But it's you that kind of, I don't know, you are overcoming as you walk with Christ. Those are the things that we need to have understanding. It is God who called you. It's God at work in you. And we need to understand that we have been taken back to a place to walk with Jesus. Redeemed. Bought again. And so we're coming to a place to understand the kingdom of God. The uncomfortable gospel. Paul seemed to latch on to that. He said, I want to, I'd rather glory in my sufferings. How many people just would like to live a comfortable life? It gets worse as you get older. It really does, especially now on TV. And, I, and, and please try to hear the word of the Lord. You know, oh, I, never, I, ne- I don't know if we were growing up if there was that many show- commercials about what, how to retire what you do when you retire. You know what retired means? It means you're retired. I don't want to be tired again. I'm already tired. I want to be re-energized. The bunny. Oh, those things don't affect you. How many when I just said the bunny, you knew exactly what I was talking about? There's a reason why, and I, I haven't figured it out, that companies spend Billions of dollars on advertising. I think it's a total waste. See, I've just programmed myself. If I see it advertised, I probably will not buy it. Just to teach him a lesson. They've interrupted my show. You know. Especially you know, when they interrupt your show and letting you know how sick you are and ready to die. But don't wait, don't wait. I mean, wait. If you take the medicine, you could get sicker. But if you're taking this medicine, you also might need this. And by the end of a three-minute commercial, which I don't watch anyone, they got these great things now. Zip, zip, zip. You know, you're ready to go do something. 
Oh, that's not so important. It really is. Be careful of where you put your mind at. What you allow... See, I was watching Grace and Anna today. How do I say this tactfully? I have no idea. They used to be cute. Now, let me explain that. I mean, they're still cute because they have to take care of their grandpa. Need a little more color, but that's okay. Forgive them. Yes. So, so, is that why you're sitting down? There we go. Now, here we go. Um, so, anyway, great. I watched Grace and Anna. They're they're starting to notice things. They're starting not to like things and to like things. And the more they do, the more miserable they are. Adam and Eve. Adam. just was happy. Just praise God. When he began to do what he liked to do, eat of the fruit, wear clothes, he became very miserable. Be careful where we put our desires. Be careful how many... You've only got so much time, only so much energy, almost so much thoughts. The more diverse you become, the more diluted you become. We are called to one calling, one baptism, one hope of our call. We are called to serve the Lord God Almighty and Him only. That means that there are certain things I choose to reject. I have to choose to scorn. And you know what's going to happen when you do that? Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. I have to deny myself. And what are you going to deny yourself? Well, I'm going to deny myself some of these big things. No, 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 no. Would you walk with me? Would you take care of the garden? Would you adapt yourself to what I've adapted? Will you hear me as you would hear God and say, yes, Father, I choose to do that. The Bible talks about if we walk with Christ, we're to go outside the gate and suffer with Him and have no reputation. We have a lot of things that we really believe, we really like. Now, I know there's a place to like things. You know, you should have about two or three things that you like. Two or three things that run your life. Other than that, you know, do what you need to do, but make sure they're not overtaking you. Oh, they never would do that. It happens in an instant. Israel never fully came out of Babylon. Their whole culture was changed by what they learned in Babylon. They used to be this kind of farming, grouping little people. And when they came out of Babylon, they were businessmen. And they never quite lost that. Yeah, they were shrewd. They picked up some stuff in Babylon. But there's going to come something in First in Peter. But see... The thing is, we've got to hear God's voice. I pray that the eyes of our under... If, 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 you haven't, if you're not hearing God this morning, what I'm saying is it makes no sense to you. It's always going to be a fight. Where does Paul get off? Is Paul a doctor? Is Paul a doctor? No. Does he have any medical training? Well, we don't really know. I mean, I think we would have known in his list of stuff. Paul seems to be a rather crude, from his own description... 
Some people don't like me. I'm a little crude. I'm a little boisterous. They, they think, you know, this is that, and my, my, my speech is rude, and they don't like me anymore because I kind of have a lot of authority. And my body, I'm pretty messed up and stoned three times and beaten with rods. I bear about my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. I'm not a real eloquent person because I, I've done that so I can preach just the gospel of Jesus Christ to you. And many other people, they wanted, oh, they wanted this church. And churches that he birthed and started, they said, no, Paul, you're, you're a little too uncomely. We don't like you anymore. There was conviction. They, and they were not convicted the right way. See, when Adam was convicted, it was meant to draw him to God. But many times the same way, when, when you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, we run the other way. That's why Hebrews says, be careful when you hear the Holy Spirit. Don't harden your heart. It was Eve. It was your fault. No, no, no. That's not the new creation. You're going back to the independent life. So Paul... But see, unless that is there, unless I somehow look up and I see Jesus as the Son of God, all I see is some fanatic, some guy doing some great works. Oh, he has some good teachings. But to change my life? No, no, I, I, geez, no, I don't see that. But there are some that saw him, and I don't understand how... I don't know why you are here this morning. I don't know why I am here this morning. Why has God called you? Why has God chosen you? I don't know. But He has. And therefore, He's opened the eyes of our understanding. And the only way now that we could not walk with Him, and I don't mean backsliding, I mean just not walking with Him, is to harden my heart. Is to be like... Now, Adam was the Son of God. Talks much about that. Adam is the Son of God fleshly son of God. We will not lose our sonship. As I said, what Jesus Christ has done, but we will not be walking as the son of God. And that's what the church is here for, is for the equipping of the saints, that we would manifest the life of the son of God. And when that begins to happen, something will be spoken to you and about you, and I hope it's done. But see, Paul walking in, in a proper place. But it really wasn't Paul. See, what gives God the ability to work with somebody? It's not God. It's some, I don't understand this unique working, but it's somehow in that person, I don't know if God puts that faith there or they see something, but they receive this word. And when the floodgate is open, then great things, or at least from God's perspective, great things, Sometimes the great things that God has you to do don't appear that great. They look kind of boring and sometimes pretty dumb, but they are great things if we hear them by faith. And I want us to look at this. We're going to look at that. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll go. Oh, let me finish one story at a time. Paul talks to Timothy. Now, Timothy, obviously a young man, I don't know if he had a lot of pressure in his life, has some kind of stomach problem. And Paul should be not, not be giving much advice about how to get rid of infirmities in the flesh. I mean, he sought God, and God said, that's just the way it goes, learn to walk in my grace. And you can say, well, you didn't need it yours. How come you can tell me? Who do you think? Paul, Timothy, understood the uncomfortableness of having a father. His life, then, was coming into the eternal call of God. Do you see the difference? See, there's a difference of having a teacher, relationship. There's a difference between knowing the Son of God and being crucified with him. 
There's a difference of learning knowledge and having a teacher and having, this is God in my life. Oh. Did, you, did anybody hear it? What if it doesn't work? Why has that stopped? I wish that would stop us all. How many stupid things do you do all the time? The, any, no, no show of hands. Is anybody here in debt? Okay. <laughs> Has anybody bought stupid things? Has anybody not preached the gospel? I wish that what if it didn't work out? Next time you whip out your credit card, maybe it won't work. <laughs> when at most of the times we have excuses against God, because I don't want to do what He says. Let's fail gloriously. Most of the great acts of God are people falling, failing gloriously to the glory of God. Abraham, excuse me, what a failure and a waste of life. Ultimately. Jesus Christ, what a waste. We esteem them stricken, smitten of God and of no account. Even so much that today we curse His name. Ah. Oh God, help us. But Tim, Paul says to Timothy, I know you have some problems. I want you to, and here's what you need to do. Don't, don't just be drinking water for your, your stomach problems. Drink some wine. Now, there's nothing more said on it. I don't know if it worked or it didn't work. But there's some interesting stuff on that. This is a side note. A lot of people think, oh, drinking, it's not such a big deal. I don't know if it is or not. But it seemed like, at least in this case, Paul, Timothy got apostolic direction to drink wine. Maybe the water was just so bad. I, I don't know. But see, he could have looked at that and said, well, I don't think that's ridiculous. I mean, you have certain control of mine, but I don't. He understood he was a new creation coming into God's purpose, and his life was no longer his own. Well, I would do that. This is the direction of God. Getting real quiet in here. Because God wants to talk to us in the uncomfortable level, in the level that he walks with us. And he walks with me, and he talks with me. Have you ever seen a father or a mother walking with a child? It's not like that. It's, and he walks with me. No, and he, I mean, just this morning, we're right in the middle of worship. We have Elias. Isn't he cute? Right now, he's throwing a fit on the floor. You know, everybody's trying to ignore him. You know, he's crying. He doesn't care. See, we, we have to translate the songs, the, the emotion, into the reality of faith. So we, we would like to just, and he walks with me. I kind of, when I, when I sing that in the flesh, it's like I've got a hold of daddy and there's the candy store. He buys me this and I come out with, you know, popcorn and the, you know, and I go into the arcade thing and I always win. I learned not to go into arcades real early. I, you just, even if you win, you lost a lot of money. Just take some advice. Don't lose money. It's a good thing. You know, I like, I like, you've got, got to hear me. I like money. I don't always like money. I mean, I don't really like money. I think the whole thing's stupid. God didn't invent money, you know that? But he talks about it and actually directs our life a lot with it. The Bible talks about it in, in Proverbs, money answers all things. Wasn't a big amen on that. We kind of, 
Uh, you should be talking about God. Well, let's talk about God. He says, I own the golden cattle on a thousand hills. That's one of his claims to fame. Wow. You know, if most of us had that, we wouldn't be so miserable. <laughs> yeah. Then you, you know, you might not be in debt. You could spend some money. But anyway, just some stuff. So what I'm trying to say is we need to hear God's eternal plan for our life. But when we start acting, remember we talked about this. God wants strange, abnormal people. People that are not of this world. People that are denying themselves. People that are hearing God's voice. And their life is ordered by something other than what this world is dictating. But what this world is dictating makes sense. And you will have to deny yourself. See, denying yourself is, oh, I'll do that. It's not that easy because you don't even know what yourself is. Naaman, you want to be healed so bad, but you won't do this? We oppose ourselves. We need the servants of God to come and say, that's why Proverbs talks about hear instruction. I get stuff. And in most stuff that you get, there's an instruction booklet. Is If there's anybody like me, I open it up, throw the instruction book out, and I start to build it. When there's an extra part, I say, Christy, could you read this booklet and tell me what it says? Now, the reason I... I anyway, I don't want to go into my, 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 my disorders, but... You most of the time don't... If you don't know how to read well, or you can't make sense of instructions, get somebody to help you. And it may be a servant. Because he's not so involved. But see, a lot of times we're denying ourselves. It's nothing what God's even asking. The young, the, the rich ruler. I've done all these things from my youth up. Great. Not interested. This is what I want. There's the uncomfortable gospel. There's the denying of yourself. What do you mean drink a little wine? I don't never do it. What do you mean rise and kill anybody? I don't. What do you mean be circumcised? What do you mean go to the Gentiles? What do you mean take care? I don't see that. I don't see. You don't see. But the word of God comes that you would open your eyes and exercise some faith that you heard God. Not now, kiddo. So, <laughs> yellow. Okay. But when we start acting like this, there's going to come something strange. Chapter 4 of 1 Peter. For as much then, in verse 1, for as much then as Christ had suffered for us in the flesh. There it is again. He didn't suffer as the Son of God. He suffered as Christ, the Son of God and man. He suffered where? In the flesh. Most of the time, the way God can get a hold of you is by upsetting your flesh. Adam, from now on when you farm, there's going to be weeds. And you're going to have to work by the sweat of your brow. Well, I think that's pretty stupid. Of course you do. You're a sinner. But for whom God loves, what does He do? He chastens the uncomfortable gospel. 
He suffered just as Christ has suffered for who? Who did Christ suffer for in the flesh? Us. He didn't suffer for the, for, for the Son of God. He suffered in the flesh for God's purpose and for us. And the suffering that you're going through, that God wants to bring you into, is not for you to get better. It's not so you can't suffer anymore. It's not even for you that even you will ultimately know Him more. But it's for a greater purpose you only can understand by faith and you can lay down your life. Naaman, don't do that. What does this guy get out of it? He laid down his life for a friend. Actually, it wasn't even his friend. It may have been his enemy, the slave. No greater love has any man than this. Lay down your life. Suffer. Those things that you are to suffer is because you're coming into a relationship with the Almighty God. Arm yourself with that mind. Just as Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of the time in the flesh to the lust of the man. Now when we read that, what do you think about? da 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 Do you know that song? Aqualung? Was, I don't even know all the words, but the Spirit grabbed me. Does anybody know that song? Aqualung. It's a, this sleazy old guy, you know, he's drooling out of sitting on park benches, eyeing people, you know, he's a little perverted. And we think on, no longer be, we think, oh, that's me. No, Adam, what did you do? When I heard conviction, I ran away and didn't suffer. That's the lust of the flesh. When I hear the eternal voice of God speak, I don't think so. That's the lust of the flesh. Don't eat of the tree. I'll eat of that tree. I am, I am not... I do what I... Arm yourself with that mind. For, how do I get out of it? You may get nothing out of it, just like Jesus got nothing out of it. But that is God's call. That's the mind I'm to be armed with, that we are equipped to be servants. And you know, serving always doesn't mean your success. How many thousands were martyred in the stadiums of Rome, the Colosseums of Rome, painted red with the blood of the martyrs. What a way, what a... I don't know about that, but they heard the eternal voice of God and conviction fell on that society and instead of turning to that conviction, they hardened their heart and said, no, we will kill this. No, I will not listen. I don't have to... And when you hear that, I don't have to and I don't see and he's not a doctor and I don't... I, I, you have moved out from the God's grace and you are walking in the lust of your flesh. Oh, you might have good flesh. I don't see where Adam sinned too much. But to the will of God. What is the will of God? No longer drink any water. Rise, kill and eat. I want you to I want you to water the garden, build a boat, do this, do that. Oh, really? Yes. Because I've heard God. But he, it, okay. For the time past, for the, in the time past of your life, for it, the time past of your, 
of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in the lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banqueting, abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you don't run after the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall, okay, who shall give account unto him that is, that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that were dead. They're going to think it's strange when you're not living your own life. Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? What are you doing? When we start shining as lights in the world, when we start taking, letting that mind be in us, when we arm ourselves with that same suffering that Christ had, there's going to come something. You're strange. You're weird. I think we need to kill those Christians. I think we need to fill in Abraham's well. I think David's just a little punk. I think we need to kill Paul. I think I don't want you to go to that church. I don't mind if you're a Christian, but I don't want you to be so radical. They're going to think it's strange. Why can't you do that? Why don't you just do... Do you have to listen to them? No, I'll show them. Great. Join the club, Adam. Yeah, Adam was going to show God. No. We love him, therefore we follow him. So, as I'm thinking about this, there's a great mystery at work. I began to think of how God's calling works in our life. And let me just, I just want to share a couple of scriptures so I can get out of my mind so I can move on. But the other day I was, I was doing something, I was working. And Psalms 100 says, let me turn to Psalms 100 so I can read that to you. Psalms 100, and then we'll move right along. We're in the midst of a great, exciting adventure that continues. It's called knowing the Lord. It's called laying down our life. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. We sing this song. Serve the Lord, the Lord, with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that... This is the one that I want. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us, and not we ourselves. We don't, sometimes forget that we've been created. Sometimes we go around thinking our life is our own. We forget that the Lord is our God and He made us, not we ourselves. We're His property. He is the, the owner of us. And we've got to remember that, God, You've created me. You didn't make Yourself today. You're not in charge of Your own life. That's the main sin. But uh, then David says something about that because many times we just forget that God created us and He's got a purpose. And we see this rampant in the world. I don't want to do this. The conviction comes, and we, uh, there's no conviction, there's no sin. That's not bad. That religion is no good. This is right. Man is man. I created myself. I do what I want. We have that going on right here. Maybe not as, we do it. I just don't feel led. Who's leading you? Lot was led. That looks pretty good over there. Most of the time we're led by the lust of our flesh, James talks about. I pray that the eyes of understanding be open. But we are fearful. David says, I'm fearful and wonderfully made. Psalms, um, Psalms 139, 14, 16, so forth and so on. It says, before, before, any of my, before I was born, before any of my substance could be seen, you knew me and you formed all my unformed substance and you wrote them in a book. We have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Have we ever thought? I mean, just look at, um, look at all the stuff that's going on in you. You can think most of you. 
You can do some tremendous things. You cut your hand and it heals. I mean, just, we are fearful and wonderfully made. We are able to know God. God has created, but sometimes we take that knowledge and without faith and without the Son of God, that knowledge turns to a hatred of God. And instead of having conviction that leads us, we, man, I don't, it becomes hard. Instead of people that are increasing in godly wisdom, there's a wisdom that comes from beneath. It's earthly, sensual, logical, and it's all about you. But there's the wisdom that ascends from the above that says, Abba, Father, you have called me. Now I want us to look at how that calling comes and the response to that call. Now, I, I don't have this fully formulated, but in, in the cases that I've looked at, just like with us, like I said, the Son of God is never tempted. The Son of God is victorious. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He has sealed you. You are redeemed. Nothing can ever take us out of the hand of Jesus Christ or the Father. That is not the call. That is the gift of God to you. Adam was the, had the gift of God and breathed into him. It was a gift. Just like, I don't know how I got saved. I don't know how you got saved. I don't know how you were born into this church. I don't know. But it was a gift. Then there comes after that gift a call that says, Son, will you? No, I don't. I, I like this and I like that. Or we can submit, I've received the gift of God. Now I receive my Father. And I receive that call. And many times I think we get those confused. We think the gift is the call. Don't believe that's true. I believe that there is a call for us as disciples, as Christians as people that the gates of hell will not stand against, that we are to storm those gates of hell and we are to tear them down and we are to be so radical that people say, man, you're... And you know what they're going to think? You know what they're going to do? When you, don't, when you start acting like Jesus, they're going to speak what? Evil of you. Now, they're a cult over there. Now, they're a little too controlling over there. Now, they don't have any free time over there. They don't even... Uh, they're bad. Like I said, you know, I was telling all these self-help programs around here, as they began to tell me what they do, I said... You know, we do that, but we get called a cult because there's a different perspective. One is of this world and one is of faith. Someone is going to control your life. Remember Bob Dylan? you got to serve somebody. It's going to be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Who are you serving today? Did you hear it? Without even a... The Lord, of course. No, no. Unless the Holy Spirit is convicting me all day long, I, I immediately go back. Get convicted. Be uncomfortable. Let's look at this. Um, Genesis. Where is it? Okay. Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. Noah is just being Noah. Not a whole lot said before this about Noah's life, what he does. But the call of God, God's gift now begins to manifest. Before the call, something happens between, well, from God to Noah. In verse 8, but Noah 
found grace in the eyes of the Lord. For some reason, God said to Noah, Grace. I am choosing, I'm not choosing, you have found grace in my sight. I am putting my grace, my gift upon you. He found grace in his sight. Then after that, God said, quite a few verses down, he begins then to call him. Now, I, they're, they're almost the grace of God may not be lost even if you do not respond to the call. Noah, I've found you found grace in my sight. Now, Noah, will you walk with me? Will you hear my voice and let that guide you? Will you hear my call? Finding grace, and then the call comes. And Noah, again, what does God ask Noah to do? Something totally, not only ridiculous, but ridiculously arduous, arduous, hard, boring, and for a long time, you look ridiculous. And nothing seems to be happening. Was that God? Did you hear the eternal voice of God? His three sons, daughters-in-law. Daughters-in-law. Oh, wow, could you imagine? Those poor guys. You always have to listen to your dad. He's an idiot anyway. Last time he did the chicken cooping. It's been ten years and we only got this. We keep hearing that hearing that. And all that's going around is, come on, can't you come to the party? Oh, no, stop. Ah, no one is family. They're a bunch of nuts. They're stupid idiots. Because, not because they found grace, but because they heeded the call. And their life was made uncomfortable. And they began to preach. Their uncomfortableness should rub off on others. You should make people uncomfortable. I mean, don't be, you know, you don't have to be rude. Just share the gospel. Just share your life. What would the gospel be? Well, it would be good news. My life's not my own. I'm not doing this today. I'm doing this today. Oh, I sorry, I can't come. You know, I'm involved in my church or whatever. And immediately, what? Oh man, I think that's stupid. You know, I go to church too, but you know, Easter and Christmas. You know, it doesn't have to be so controlling. Yeah, I know. So you found grace. Now the call. Abraham was the same way. Abraham, God spoke to. But I want to look particularly at Isaiah. Isaiah, chapter 6. Isaiah, chapter 6. Let's start in verse 1. In the year, of King Uz- in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each had six wings, the twain which covered his face, twain covered his body, twain covered and flew around. And, and, and three, and one cried unto another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is filled with your glory. And the posts of the door moved at his voice and and it cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I... Now immediately, when we begin to see the Lord, the grace of God comes on us. Immediately when we hear the Gospel and something touches us, what, what begins to happen? He's uncomfortable. 
It wasn't like, how come we're always uncomfortable? You're meeting God. Here he goes on this glorious vision. The angels of cherubims are flying around. Holy, holy, holy. The temple is shaking. You would think, whoa, he's a glory. He's not like that. They didn't have Pentecostals back then. That's why. Conviction. What does he say? He says, woe unto me, for I am a man. I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of people with unclean lips. And mine eyes have seen the King of the Lord of hosts. He now receives something from God. And what happens? One of the seraphims come, takes a, a, a coal from the altar and puts it on him and cleanses him. Does that sound familiar? And I met Jesus and he cleansed me. Hallelujah. That was good. That's not the call. He could have left like the ten lepers. Remember the ten lepers? They received the gift of God. They were all healed as they went their way. But as they left, one recognized he had been gifted. And he came back and said, Old Master and King, thank you. The legion Master, what should I do? Let me go with you. No, I want you to... Yes, Lord. It wasn't just, okay, well, praise God, I used to be a sinner and hallelujah, I got clean lips. You will quickly forget unless you're yoked and hear that call. Churches Paul established went their own way, fell apart because they left the eternal voice of God. Adam, who was created by God where there was no sin, left the eternal voice of God to do his own thing. Because it just didn't seem right. I don't know. There's a, there's, a, there's a verse in the Bible in the book of Acts. They're taking Paul to Rome. And they were, Paul said, you better stay here. And the, the, the owner of the ship said, it's not commodious. That's the word. I love that word. It's not commodious for us to winter here. And we know the end of the story. You know what I like about that story? I like several things. First of all, it's one of the most, more exciting stories in the Bible. But when their ship is ready to wreck, do you know what Paul says? I told you. (laughs) Now are you ready to listen to the eternal voice of God? Yes, whatever you say. Okay, start throwing everything out of the boat. A few days ago, a week ago, they wouldn't stay in a beautiful harbor. Now they're willing to throw it out. Whatever he says, do it. There's some guys trying to escape. Kill them if they do. No, don't do that. Whatever you say. Yes, 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 yes. God has a way. It's not commodious. A lot of things in your life won't seem commodious. It's going to be uncomfortable because you need to have your mind changed. They're going to think it's strange that you don't do your own thing. Okay, so he's cleansed. And then also, there's going to come and then also, the 5,000, they had bread. Jesus fed them. But then they also heard, eat my body, drink my blood. They heard some things that were going to take them from their self-centered position into a place that this must be God. Not just, well, I just that's your opinion. I, I don't see it that way. And I do my own thing. And it doesn't really matter. That is all conniving thinking, self-centered thinking. It is not of the kingdom of God. It does not, it, those kind of people will not storm the gates of hell, will not preach the gospel into the ends of the earth, will not raise up people that are willing to die for the gospel. We want to raise up children that are gladiators. Remember, we that are about to die salute you. I'm going to look at that. Still from last week. We're sheep like sent to the slaughter. 
Nobody ever has that one on their refrigerator. I don't see that on the bumper sticker. Hi, hit me harder. I am a sheep sent to the slaughter. Did you feel the rousing amen? When is he going to get to the good part? That is the good part. Lord, see, if in this life alone we have hope, you'll receive the gift and be miserable. Or we receive the gift. And then also I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and whom will go for us? I'm cleansed. Lepers are cleansed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Wonderful. Hallelujah. They went on their way. Didn't I heal ten? Didn't ten of you hear the eternal voice of God? Didn't ten of you see me move? Yeah, but I, you know, I've got some now, now that I'm healed. I've got to make up for lost time. And there's this girl I've been looking for in a business. And boy, my brother, he's going to get one now. And Or he came back. And so he's cleansed. Hallelujah. Could you imagine being cleansed? I'm no longer. Not enough. Not enough just to be the son of God. It has to be the son of man fulfilling God's purpose. And I heard the voice of the Lord. Have you heard the voice of God? So you might be hearing the voice of God. See, and not be responding to it because it's uncomfortable. You may have to be putting some things aside that you don't see anything wrong with. Like killing the church. Like going to bed anytime you want. Like drinking wine instead of water. That's not a command. Who shall I send? And something then responds in him. This is where he's yoking. This is where it's uncomfortable. You've gifted me. Send me. And from that point on, his life was miserable. It was uncomfortable. He'd be preaching the gospel and people doing this and doing that. And this is what Jesus is speaking to us. Who shall I send? Who will yoke with me? Who will go beyond this normal course of life and understand that if you've been birthed by the kingdom of by the Lord Jesus Christ and been placed into his body, that this is his eternal work? And it is in this work that he is choosing to move. It was in the garden that he was choosing to move. It was through the tree of knowledge and life and knowledge of good and evil that he chose to work. He's going to choose to work in a boat. He's going to choose to work through these ridiculous circumstances. And it's going to rise up in you to either die or to say, you know, I just don't see it that way. I don't feel it that way. I don't want to lose that much. Well, it is not we ourselves who has made us, but God who has made us. And we've been fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm just closing my Bible so you pay attention. I'm not done it by any. I'm sorry when I do that because I have a very unruly soul. And I remember preachers making those stupid jokes. My wife can attest. I literally would bite my shirt. Guy, when he's going to shut up. I so, I, I mean, I understand. But I'm not going to have any compassion. I'm going on another hour. Hope you have good callers. <laughs> it's not we ourselves who has made us. And we're not just cleansed to be cleansed sinners. We've been cleansed to hear the call. Noah found grace so that God could speak to him. 
Isaiah found grace so that God could speak to him. Jesus found the grace so the purpose of God could be done in him. Paul received the gift of eternal life, but also heard the call and moved on to fulfill that call. And he looked for those that would hear the call, Timothy's and others that he would raise up, and they would understand that they would be strangers and pilgrims in this world, and they would be different. Their life would no longer be their own. And you're going to come to places right here in the kingdom of God and in the church and in the family that he's brought you, and he's going to say, this is the way. God's going to, you know, I don't think God ever makes a commandment. I think he makes suggestions. Because they're real easy to ignore. But it's those that hear the word of God as a commandment. Even though you're not beat over the head. He doesn't say, and here's the Ten Commandments, you're going to commit to those three again? Bow! Don't do it! And a bow! Oh, you stole, you little brat! That's my job. God says, if you love me, serve me. If you hear that eternal voice, if you've heard the Holy Spirit, don't harden your heart. Abdicate your life. And in that abdication, my Son will be made manifest. It's through the kingdom of God is sown in corruption, in weakness, building a stupid little boat for 120 years. What kind of nonsense is this every day? No progress and no progress and no progress. I'm sowing it in weakness. I'm sowing it in foolishness. I'm sowing so it makes no sense to you that the glory and the power may be of me only. Because I'm the only one that will be able to reveal that mystery. Now, if you've been cleansed, if you've had the grace of God, hallelujah, now he's going to say, who shall I send? Who will hear me working in this garden? Who will hear me working in this church? Who will hear me working in this situation? Will you hear above just like, oh, that was a great message. Man, I think that's just out of alpha. I just, what, what are you going to, I'm just going to do that. Lord, I am meant to come into this place and to work like this. That's those that will tear the gates of hell off and turn this world upside down and all kinds of things will be happening. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, open the eyes of our understanding. Holy Spirit, you call us. We desire to respond. Fulfill your purpose. Your will be done in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.